0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: What's going on, guys? The Week 8 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Bet Online With the NHL, MLB, and NBA all in the books. All we got left is just football. I mean, isn't that a fate worse than death? Pro football, college football. Uh, everything that you could need in the, in pigskin land. And there's a good UFC fight coming on this weekend. My old favorite Anderson Silva getting back in the octagon, but there's still plenty to get in on the action with bet online because they are going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. <sighs> I'm sure that uh, that you did as much as I did uh, enjoy the conversation between myself and Ross Jackson, uh, and I'm sure as I did, you came away feeling better about our opportunities to uh, to get ahead in this football game, like the. The, the opportunity to beat the Saints seems a bit more prevalent, uh, you know, not, not as far-fetched as it seemed after uh, Monday's performance against the uh, the Rams, where they pretty much laughed us off the field uh, for 60 minutes, you know, it was not a good showing for the Bears uh, at all, so it was our first loss on the road uh, this season. Hopefully, we can... Uh, We can mirror the Rams. I think I've mentioned that before. The Rams were embarrassed on national TV on the road uh, against the 49ers. Come home, national TV, Monday Night Football, wipe the floor with the Bears. And uh, so the Bears, therefore, being the team that was embarrassed on the road on national TV to come home on Sunday in what will likely be the America's Game of the Week on Fox. So most of the country will be seeing the Bears and the Saints Will they be able to redeem themselves at home with a bounce back win over a good football team like the Rams beat the Bears this past Monday after beating the Rams or after losing to the 49ers last Sunday? So um, convoluted and kind of twisted, but, you know, I see the patterns in these things. It's hell being inside my brain sometimes, but uh, this is what I'm looking at. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and and get this. uh, Let's get ready for week number eight. It's the week eight preview episode of the Bear's Talk Underground, so let's get to it. Week number eight has our beloved returning home to Soldier Field to take on the 4-2 and two New Orleans Saints, coming off of a victory against the Carolina Panthers, uh, ironically the last team that the Bears were lucky enough to beat a couple of uh, weeks ago. And um, you know, it's after hearing the conversation between myself and and Ross Jackson, uh, I'm not quite as fearful uh, of the Saints as I was going into uh, the conversation with him. You know, uh, you know, some talking to someone who is uh, you know who who follows the teams, follows the opponents. I mean, that's why we have these guys uh, on the show because they can offer insight that that we as you know bear fans and or casual fans. Wouldn't uh, be privy to. And the fact that the Saints seem to be susceptible to uh, big plays and, you know, pass rush isn't that strong and so on really kind of plays into the hands of the Bears because that's one place that we're struggling right now is with big plays and, you know, protecting the passer. So we'll get more to that uh, in Keys to the Game a little bit later on uh, in the show. But, you know, the point being that after talking to Ross, and uh, you know, getting the the four one one on the Saints and and you know, despite being four and two, they've had their struggles and uh, and things like that. You know, it, we at least know where the opportunities are against this team and, and what the Bears will be able to or should a, should try to do what they can attempt to do to try to get themselves on uh, on solid footing uh, against uh, this team. So to give ourselves uh, a shot at winning this game because we really could use. Uh, a victory right now. I mean, we've only lost one football game, but we got another tough game on the road next week at the Titans. and we don't want to be going into that uh, game on Monday night against the Vikings in week 10 on a three game losing streak. I mean, we don't want to be desperate uh, going into that game. So um, anyway, let's go ahead and start with uh, with news and notes. Not a whole lot as far as headlines and everything. Going on with the Bears right now they did make an interesting acquisition uh, on Tuesday Uh, they had uh, Dwayne Harris a wide receiver in for a tryout Uh, I think it was it may have been last week I've I've been hearing his name for a few days now he was officially signed to the practice squad uh, on Tuesday and what makes his name intriguing is Dwayne Harris has been in the league since 2011 drafted in the sixth round by the Cowboys he's been with the Raiders he's been with the Giants Um, which is where he, ironically, had his best year as a receiver. But this is a guy that has made his name, he's made his reputation. He's known as a kick returner. Uh, And I recognized Dwayne Harris when I saw a highlight of his from Monday Night Football um, a year or two ago. I want to say 2018, 2019 um it was a a, a, it was the the Raiders and the and the Broncos the ball went over his head it looked like he was it was going to be one of those balls that got downed inside the five yard line and one of the Broncos touched it as it was rolling so when the ball when when the opponent touches the football then even if the return team picks it up fumbles it to the other team it actually goes back to the original spot where it was touched, so there's no risk involved. Dwayne Harris picks up the football, runs backwards into the end zone, and turns it actually into a 90-something-yard touchdown return. It was a heads-up play on his part, and that's where I recognized him. Uh, I saw a highlight. I think it was on Twitter or YouTube or one of the two that was announcing the Bears signing. But, you know, after the game that Ted Ginn gave us on Monday as our punt returner, I'm actually wondering why the Bears are wasting time signing him to the practice squad. I mean, I don't care if he's played a down for any football team this year. In my opinion, you don't need to be in shape to return punts. Okay, catch the ball, run forward, do what you can do and get in shape on your own time. I mean, if we're just going to be using him as kind of like our uh, Devin Hester, where all he's going to do for us is return kicks, then we don't really need him in shape running routes and all that kind of stuff. Just get him out there to return punts because we need an upgrade in that spot bad we need one really really bad so like I don't know why we're wasting time with Dwayne Harris on the practice squad why don't we just put him on the main squad cut Ted Ginn say goodbye to Ted because he's given us nothing on the offensive side of the football and he certainly isn't giving us a goddamn thing uh, returning punts I mean I think he's out there because he's being told not because he actually wants to be I mean after that performance on Monday uh, you know as you guys heard me say in my Uh, Bear Up, Bear Down slow show slash rant. Have you ever seen any? This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is.
0: indeed.com slash match terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
1: body more uninterested in returning kicks in all your life you know it was like he was allergic to the ball like he thought it would explode if he touched it he didn't touch the ball once the entire football game it killed the bears all night long all night long it was so so frustrating to sit there and watch so hopefully that's some light at the end of the tunnel uh, get this guy a week or so to get himself acclimated and then get him out there returning kicks because we could definitely use a spark uh, in the punt return game for sure. Uh, speaking of practice squad members, Matt uh, Nagy call, talking this week about uh, Lamar Miller because if you didn't remember, we signed him to the practice squad a few weeks ago saying that he is quote unquote close to making his uh, debut. So he's, I don't know if it was a matter of getting him into shape, getting him into game shape or, or what have you. But they say he's close, so hopefully this isn't like uh, Riley Ridley's close because all he's doing is, you know, he's been a healthy scratch for all seven games thus far uh, this year. Hopefully he's close in the – he's actually close because we could use another running back uh, option. You know, I, I would feel much better with Lamar Miller trying to make that fourth and one run than I would with Cordell Patterson. I mean, hopefully that uh, that personnel grouping dies the day that, that – uh, Lamar Miller is elevated to the uh, to the main roster. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he will be coming back soon. So we have a nice one two punch uh, at running back because right now um, Cordell Patterson is our number two, and that's he's not a running back. He is not a running back. He's a kick returner. We're paying him handsomely to do that, and he's an awesome special teams player. So, I mean, I don't feel like we're overpaying him. He's amazing on special teams. He's an all-pro on special teams, and he's a fantastic uh, kick returner. He's a danger to return kicks every single time he touches the ball. I mean, he hasn't done it yet this year, but he's usually putting the Bears in decent field position, uh, you know, when he does return uh, the kicks. So, I don't have a problem with Cordell Patterson doing everything else that Cordell Patterson does and occasionally maybe even catching a few passes as a wide receiver. But I have a huge problem with Cordell Patterson as a running back. I don't want to see it anymore. Honestly, I don't. And I think that the, the, the ailment to that problem would be getting Lamar Miller acclim- or elevated to the main roster so that we have a Montgomery Miller 1-2 punch uh, at running back. Because so, if you guys remember... Weeks one, two, and three, we were actually pretty decent at running the football. Um, I know the blocking had a lot more to do with it in those first few weeks, but that was also the week that we lost Tariq Cohen, and ever since it's just been Montgomery and Cordell Patterson, we've had a hell of a time uh, running the football, even these last two weeks against the 28th-ranked rushing offense, or rushing defense in the Panthers and the 18th or 19th rush defense in the Rams. We should have had some 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 moderate to decent success against both of those teams we did close to nothing against both of them so um, we got to do something uh, with the running game to, uh, to, to help the offense out uh, to actually to help the defense out because the defense got worn out like in the first half because they spent the majority of the first half on the field because our offense could do nothing uh, on the offensive side of the ball so we'll talk more about that a little bit later on but Nagy says he's close i hope that that actually means he's close as opposed to just giving the media uh, an answer so we can move on to the next question uh kind of thing um this is kind of linked to our injury report so i'll go ahead and get that started uh right now uh looks like uh this is an alphabetical order uh rashad coward has been full participation both wednesday and thursday with a finger injury yeah I got a finger for Rashad Coward. Um, Ted Ginn, non-injury day off on Wednesday, full go on Thursday. Jimmy Graham, same thing. Uh, Veteran day off on Wednesday, full go on Thursday. Eddie Jackson, that little scare that he had with his knee uh, on Monday. He's been limited both Wednesday and Thursday with that knee injury, whatever it was, Um, but he'll likely play on Sunday. He did return to the game uh, on Monday, so I don't – see foresee any issues there uh Cole Komet was limited on Wednesday with a back injury full go on Thursday Khalil Mack uh suffered an ankle injury I didn't hear about uh, on Monday uh but he's been out of practice both Wednesday and Thursday I know people like to talk about how you know oh his status is iffy and blah 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 the Bears need this game Khalil Mack's gonna play on Sunday I have no concern about it I actually would be shocked if he didn't play uh on Sunday I, I really would uh, Sherrick McManus still nursing that hamstring injury. I don't know if he, because I, th- I felt like he was coming back, and now he didn't play last week, and he's limited again. So I don't know if he if he tweaked it again, or if he re-injured it, or whatever. But uh, he's been limited both Wednesday and Thursday with the hamstring. Cordell Patterson a quad injury, so another reason to pr- to elevate Dwayne Harris. Uh, Cordell Patterson has been out all week with a quad injury. Uh, Allen Robinson suffered a concussion on Monday. Uh, against the Rams has not practiced yet this week. And Cody Whitehair has not practiced yet this week with the calf injury that he left the game in the fourth quarter, I believe, uh, against the Ram- third quarter. It was the third quarter um, he left with that calf injury. And uh, Jason Spriggs is listed with a back injury, but has been full go on Wednesday and Thursday. So the Cody Whitehair thing, that's a perfect place to end there. Nursing that calf injury because the last couple of days in the, in the pressers with the media, Matt Nagy and company have been talking up uh, Sam Mustafar about how capable he is, how smart he is, so on and so forth, and which would probably lead everyone to believe he is likely to be our starting center on Sunday when the Saints come to town. Now, the reason that I'm optimistic about that is that if Mustafar performs well, in the week or two weeks or however long this calf injury hobbles cody white here i think that opens the door for cody whitehair to step into guard when he's ready to come back to push rashad coward right the hell out of the starting offensive line get him out of there i mean he is a he sticks out like a sore thumb as far as being the weakness uh, of the offensive line so i would not have a problem with that at all if sam mustafar comes in and plays well against the saints and possibly against the uh titans if need be uh hell if, if he just plays well against the saints and and uh you know then next week when we play the titans mustafar stays at center cody whitehair comes in at guard we're putting our five best guys out there as opposed to you know trying to wedge them into a position uh cody whitehair you know is a, is a is our best offensive lineman period Uh, That might not be a high bar to uh, cross these days, but he is, in fact, the best that we have to offer on the offensive line. And I think it would be good for him, good for the Bears, and good for everyone involved if uh, Cody Whitehair were to move over to uh, left guard and uh, if Sam Mustafar uh, proves himself worthy uh, while uh, Cody Whitehair is out. So um, I'm optimistic. Hopefully that works out and, uh, you know, we'll have ourselves a, a, a more solid offensive line when Cody Whitehair comes back and he just moves over a few feet to the left and takes over left guard, puts Rashad Coward back on the bench where he belongs. So um, that's all I got for, for news and notes. So fingers crossed that Dwayne Harris won't spend much time on the practice squad and he'll be on the the main roster in no time returning kicks for us because God knows we could use the help there. Hopefully, Sam Mustafar can perform well so that when Cody Whitehair comes back, we can put him in the gaping hole at guard as opposed to taking over at center once again. So, anyway, that will do for news and notes. Take a quick break and thank our sponsors before we get to our keys to the game. <laughs> hey guys, taking a quick break from the show to thank our sponsors once again. Starting with Bet Online. You know, baseball season, NHL, NBA, all in the books, but we still got plenty for you to get in on with uh, Bet Online. You got football, college, and pro. You got the UFC, tons to get after with. And, and uh, Bet Online is going the extra mile right now to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror and I guarantee you'll see hairs hairs sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, snags, and tugs on those delicate holes. The premium manscaped weed whacker uses a 9000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. I said all that in one breath. How about that? It's intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? It might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making wh- whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering a maximum confidence experience uh, while providing hygiene. Yes, You will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff and it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs in our holes looking nice. Once again, 20% off and free shipping with, uh, with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds, and let's get back to the show. Yep. <laughs> now this is going to sound crazy as we head into our keys to the game, but um, it's very simple. On offense, I want us to be more aggressive, and on defense, bear with me now. I want us to be a little less aggressive. And I mean that in a very specific way. We've had a lot of issues so far, and we're going to handle the defense first. We've had a lot of issues thus far this year with guys flying in, with over-pursuit, running past guy. you know, uh, Getting susceptible to cutbacks and things like that, and and it's given our opponents, you know, extra yards. Uh, they've been able to to break tackles because we're we're flying past them instead of flying into them. Uh, and you know, you know, I can't tell you how many times uh, guys, uh, you know, Malcolm Brown for the for the Rams just ran through uh, tackles on Monday because our tackler uh, was still in motion while trying to make the tackle. So it's like we need to. I don't know if we just need to see it better, or, or, or whatever the situation is, but you know it's like we need to find a way to do it. What what we're seeing basically everybody else doing, and essentially that is to be able to get into the spot just as quickly, but under control. So that we're not flying past Alvin Kamara if he decides he's going to, to cut back. You know, when, when he makes uh, instead of he instead of making the a move on us, he's actually trying to juke us so he can uh, avoid us. And instead, that juke only allows uh, other people to come and catch up and help make the tackle. Uh, and things like that. I mean, how many times have we seen Eddie Jackson go flying past somebody because he's coming in like a bat out of hell and, and you know making a lousy tackle attempt. We've seen Roquan do Roquan Smith do it several times, you know, guys spinning out of tackles because he comes flying in like he's been shot out of a cannon. It's like, I love the speed. I love recogn- I love the recognition. I love seeing you guys get there, but when you get there, you got to make the play. And more times than not, we're missing the play. We're not making it, and our opponent is, uh, you know, taking advantage of our mistake and turning something that should be anything from like a one-yard gain to a four-yard loss into a first down. You know, they're getting multiple yards after breaking that first tackle or making the opponent miss. We have to be far more under control when we're making these tackle attempts in the game because the Saints will eat us ap- eat us apart if we do that. Uh, on Sunday. It will be a long afternoon for the defense of watching Alvin Kamara uh, and uh, other, other players on the offensive side uh, for the Saints. We don't know if Michael he has been practicing. Is he healthy enough to play? Will he play? Obviously, the Saints are talking uh, at this point, but they have many weapons uh, out there in New Orleans. Will you know if we're coming in flying in and things like that? Uh, they're just going to make one quick little move, we'll go, they'll just ole us right past them. So it's uh, you know, tone down the aggression in that respect. Otherwise, keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, because I really think that a lot of what's wrong with the defense right now is on the offense because the offense isn't staying out on the field. They're not sustaining drives. They're not keeping the ball out of our opponent's hands. Therefore, the defense is out there. Maybe some of them are pressing because they have to make a play because they know the offense can't and things like that. Maybe that's a, a one of the reasons for the overaggression on defense. These guys are trying to make a play to either get the football back to our offense and in great field position or to make a play to put, def- put points on the board for the offense because the offense isn't capable of doing it on their own so I mean you know if you want to kind of go with my theory that what a lot of what's wrong with the defense is on the offense that could be one of those reasons that we're being so over aggressive uh in in our tackling and it's causing tackling issues uh for us so I mean that makes a lot of sense uh to me but um you know after the the conversation with with Ross Jackson one of the things that the Saints have been susceptible to thus far uh, in this short season has been big plays they've given up I think you said six or seven 40 plus yard plays uh, you know in the first six seven in their first six games so one a game at least they've got a big shot that goes downfield or that hurts him in the uh, uh, in the game the Bears finally pulled their first one off with the Allen Robinson catch late in that Rams game but you know we've been trying to get Darno mooney downfield maybe he'd be able to pull something like that uh, off uh this sunday against the uh against the saints but it's all going to come down to one other thing and we all know what we're talking about i was just talking about it a few moments ago during news and notes and that's in the offensive line and that's where matt nagy and juan castillo and those guys that's where the help comes from them Because what we've been doing thus far is trying to take the five guys that we have up front and, you know, putting them one on one or, you know, basically the defense is going to send five on five at least. So it's one on one across the board for all our guys. Every now and then they're going to send six, which means somebody's coming in clean. uh, And that's where the mismatches come. That's where the pressure comes uh, for Nick, that's where he's got to force throws and, and get the ball out before he's ready, before the player. Because that that play for uh, on Monday for Darnell Mooney that would have been a 95-yard touchdown pass if Nick Foles had the time to actually throw it. Nick th- had to get the ball, get rid of the ball so quickly. Darnell Mooney hadn't finished the fake that Jalen Ramsey bit on so badly. You know, if basically if he has another half second to wait. Jalen Ramsey's been faked out of his shoes. Darnell Mooney's running down the sideline all by himself. Nick Foles had that extra half second to the, to be able to step in to throw and make a more accurate uh, pass. That's a huge play for us. And that's all we need is that extra half second. And the key to that for the offensive line is, is, you know, keeping in Jimmy Graham, keeping in Cole Komet. Let's do max protection. Let's chip on the uh, chip on the defensive ends because that's where their strength is with Davenport and with, uh, with Cam Jordan. I mean, Sheldon Rankins is a tough guy uh, up the middle, but I think interior linemen, aside from your, you know, Aaron Donalds, your once-in-a-lifetime guys are kind of easier to Uh, Handle So I would be much more worried about Cam Jordan and and Davenport on on the outside. So that's where we want to chip with the running back. If he's going out for a pattern, maybe throw a shoulder or an elbow into that guy on your way out just to slow him down. That extra half second could be all the time in the world that Nick Foles needs in order to make some of these plays happen for us uh, on offense. And and the offense really does need to start creating its own opportunities uh, out there helping out the offensive line with that blocking with that extra half second to throw him off his throw him off the track a little bit you know it comes through and you you give him a shot and slows him down it throws him off balance he doesn't have the force of the momentum could give the offensive tackle and god knows our offensive tackles could use the help could give them the opportunity to keep that guy off balance maybe push him into the ground or or something like that uh, it, it's every little bit helps, and we don't ever see the Bears doing anything like that. We saw the Rams do it all night long to Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, and everybody else that we sent off the edge got an extra hit from, uh, you know, from Malcolm Brown, or the tight end stays in and gives him a shove before he goes out, and things like that. It happened over and over again, and Jared Goff stayed clean for most of the football game. And you know, Nick Foles, poor Nick Foles, sitting back there and five on five or five on six situations getting molested all night long uh you know pass opportunity after pass opportunity so that's the first thing that has to happen we have to give the offensive line some help to slow those guys up front down just a smidge doesn't have to be eight seconds that he's sitting back there to throw the football we just need to turn two and a half seconds into three that's all we need to do that extra half-second will be all the difference in the world in Mooney putting a move on somebody and then him running free down the sideline, down the middle of the field, and take the most shots. Because remember, I started at the top saying, I want our offense to be more aggressive, the defense to be a little less aggressive. Well, this is what I was talking about for the offense. Give the offensive line that help to be able to take some shots downfield and see if we can't exploit what other teams have been exploiting against the Rams thus far you know and basically the biggest key to the game is for Nagy to stop being so goddamn stubborn you know he he really just needs to be a coach and put his players in the best position to succeed as opposed to having this this blinders having the blinders on to think this offense works you guys just aren't running it well, how about we put something out there those guys can run? What will we be good at? You know, remember when he ignorantly said, I didn't come here to run the eye formation after we just ran 455 yards with it against the Chargers last year and we did it. We didn't do it again until like the Vikings game when we had like a nine play drive where eight, eight of those plays were runs, including David Montgomery's touchdown at the end of the drive you think maybe if we've been doing that a little bit more often maybe we'd have been able to open things up with play action and things like that but that's not mad Nagy's offense so he's not going to run it the, 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 never mind the fact that we're actually good at it and that we've had some success with it putting jp holtz back there as a as an h back slash fullback kind of thing and you know the lead blocker making all the difference in the world and opening things up for uh montgomery never mind all that that's not my offense we're going to run rpos and you know, we're just going to keep running it till we get it right, you know? Because remember, I said, I think I said in either during the offseason, when talking to Lauren Cox, I do get the feeling that Nagy is an emotional play caller, which is another reason why he should give up the book, is that I kind of feel like he's that guy. Like, I'm sure everyone I've, who's listening to my voice right now, you've played Madden, and you've all run that one play. You know that works, but you just have one of those games where it never works. It's like, you don't give a shit. If it's fourth and 36, I'm running this play. I know this play works. He's supposed to be open. I'm running it until we get it right. And I got a feeling that Matt Nagy is like that. I really do get a feeling that Nagy is like that. Like, I don't care if we get sacked 18 times in a row, Nick Foles is going to drop back on a seven-step drop, and he's going to throw it downfield to so-and-so, and and he's going to be open, and we're going to get a first down. And that's it and I really get a feeling that Matt Nagy has that kind of attitude when it comes to play calling, and it's killing the Bears. God help me if I'm if I'm right. That's just the feeling that I get, and especially with how absolutely stubborn, and he's like he just won't give it up. I'm not giving up the play calling. I don't see that as the issue. Of course you don't. Somebody does. A lot of people do, and um, it's just frustrating. It really, really uh, is. So, um, but it's like that's we need to do that with the offensive line, give them uh, because Nagy's going to throw the ball. You know, it's it's obvious up to the now we're we're not going to be a running team, uh, even if we had uh, you know a top flight offensive line with you know the world's greatest running back or whatever, we're still going to throw the ball forty times a game. That's what Matt Nagy does. That's his that's his offense or that's the offense that he learned under Andy Reid another guy who gave up play calling to Eric Bieniemy, Uh And, you know, he won a Super Bowl coaching the coaches while letting his coordinators call the plays. So uh, I don't see why Nagy just so stubbornly has to hang on to it. I don't know if it's an, it's an ego thing and he just has to prove to everybody that he can do it uh, or anything like that, but it's killing us right now. It is absolutely killing us. So, you know, when they asked him about it, basically said it hadn't even been a consideration. It's not even a discussion. I don't see that the play calling is the issue, so he thinks it's execution. But that's a chicken in the egg uh, kind of thing, you know. Like to to watch the uh, the post game shows on uh, on NBC Sports Chicago, Olin Krutz, Lance Briggs, Alex Brown, uh, Dave Kaplan. Occasionally, Dave wants that uh, gets in there. It's really good stuff, and uh, to listen to them, these are guys who've got skin in the game. They're they're former Bears. You know, so they're fans and they've got skin into it, and you know they want to see the team succeed. But they also know the things that I don't know. They know the things that a lot of us don't know, as far as being the, you know, they've been in those rooms, they've had those discussions, and and had this, that, or the other to to work their way through, and they know what it takes. And you know, they're 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 absolutely right in that we've made all the dis- all the changes. You know, anybody who wasn't like Mike Furry in the offensive, (laughs) the wide receivers uh, coach, everybody else was replaced on the offensive staff, new coordinator, new passing game coordinator, new quarterbacks coach, new offensive line, new blocking scheme, the whole nine yards, and yet we still struggle everywhere we can struggle on the offensive side. We put Nick Foles in for Mitch Trubisky, and yet we still struggle uh, in the passing game. We're not making the same obvious mistakes That Mitch Trubisky made, but uh, we're still we still suck at throwing the ball. We still suck at putting uh, something together on offense consistently. And the only common denominator throughout all that is Matt Nagy calling the plays. And I I cannot believe that he still doesn't see it. You know, because he has to hear it. He's just he just won't give it up. He won't. So I I I fear it will have to be taken from him before he will actually entertain the idea so hopefully that day will come like he'll he'll realize it before it has to be taken from him so he doesn't have to go through that ego trip but um, it has to happen if we continue to struggle there's nothing else to change there is literally nothing else to change so you know unless the Bears make some moves before the trade deadline next Tuesday um, there's nothing else the Bears can change They've literally changed everything. The only thing left to change is the play caller. Hopefully that will happen this year. We won't have to, you know, fire him or, or, you know, or reshuffle the staff again in order to try to improve uh, the offense. So, but anyway, those are the things that we need to do in order to give ourselves a shot uh, against the the Saints because defensively I think we're fine. I do think that we're fine. But I just the, the tackling has been as poor as I've ever seen the Bears tackle uh, in my lifetime. Um, and I've got tons of theories. You guys have heard them about why I think that is. But uh, nonetheless, we need these guys to be far more under control. And like I said, I don't know if it's maybe seeing the field better uh, or, or whatever it is. But whenever we come flying in there, we usually just – it is like a, a bull in a matador situation. Is like Ole, we go flying right past the guy. We were meant to tackle. It's like we were there. We got there where we needed to be, but we got there so out of control that we just flew right past them and allowed them to get the first down, allowed them to you know, get a ton of more yardage than they should have had we made the tackle uh, initially. So ease up on the aggression when it comes to the open field tackling because it's killing us right now on the offensive side. Got to help the offensive line out. I really do think that this is a game where we could pass our way into running a bit, you know what I mean. Like if we can get some shots downfield, we can get some of those linebackers on their heels a little bit. You know, maybe they're more apt to play the the pass, or you know, in that in that regard. So they're not crowding the line of scrimmage, and the offensive line has a little bit easier of a time opening up those holes uh, for Montgomery and company to to run through. Uh, and I think that we have a really good opportunity here. To be able to pass our way into running the football uh, later in the uh, in the game, and then we can do the play action thing. we can really open some things up, but you got to help the offensive line uh, give Nick Foles the time to be able to take some shots uh, downfield. I'm not saying we got to go 50 yards on every play, but you know, give Nick Foles the time to find uh, Jimmy Graham or Cole Kmet or Anthony Miller, somebody like that, you know, doing a cross route across the middle. Uh, Of the field, those those routes take a second or two. You know, they take a few seconds to develop. So the quarterback needs the time for those guys to be able to get open, to be able to clear their zone and get out into open space and things like that. So it's all going to come down to the offensive line. And if we're not helping them, we're going to be doing this dinking and dunking crap. We're not going to be moving the chains. We're not going to be scoring points. We're going to be settling for field goals. If we do, we're not going to be able to keep up with the Saints. We're going to lose another football game. So. Mark my words, if we're not helping the offensive line, it's going to be a long day for us. We'll be lucky to win a game. So that's all I got uh, right now. So I think that'll do it. So we're going to close the book on the previews, get ready for this game with the Bears and the Saints. And like I said, I feel better about our chances after talking to Ross and him telling us, you know, where the Saints are weak and where we can attack them and things like that. I feel better about our chances. I actually thought we didn't have a shot in hell before I started talking to him and he's like, "Actually, here's where you can expose the Saints a little bit." I was like, "Yeah, we can do that and uh hopefully we will do that on Sunday and come away uh with the win so my next uh bear up and bear down episode isn't a 25-minute rant that I have to put an explicit tag on. I know you love I know you guys love that when I lose my shit like that, but um, you know, I uh I I only do that when the Bears perform poorly. I know it's entertaining for you, but what it takes for me to get there is the least entertaining thing of all. So I would like to be able to enjoy my Sunday afternoon and record a Bear Up, Bear Down show that has lots of Bear Ups and a Most Valuable Bear and another victory Monday. So come back on Monday to hear the Bear Up and Bear Down show, see if we actually have an MVB this time around. Do we have any uh, Bear Ups uh tune in on Monday and find out. So until then, my name is Larry D and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.